live. <laughs> I like how you just, you're just like, here we go. And now, now. Um, welcome to Dark Alignment Podcast. Woo! Yay. I'm Brittany. And I'm Amy. Also Aruka Rose. And Britt underscore Oakley on mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah. So if you'd like to find out more about us or connect with us, mm-hmm. uh, you can find us there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really my only social media platform <laughs> that I... Um, participate in uh, but I actually love interacting with you guys I've had some really cool mm-hmm. fan interactions that it's just neat yeah so. it's really fun talking to people <laughs> um I'm pretty slow with my messages but I really enjoy getting messages on my Instagram I'm all over it you guys uh, message me and let's get weird no <laughs> I post a lot of astrology I post like some dance stuff and I post um, you know, like weird stuff. You, you know, just like, I'm, I'm weird. Pretty photography weird and yeah. like I like flat. I like taking like plant pictures a and, lot. Yeah, you've had some good. Plants yeah, I really lately. like a lot of plant pictures. Um, anyway, I uh, do that, and I have YouTube at Aruka Rose, and I got Patreon at Aruka Rose. So you can check out those. I do lots of astrology work. Personal astrology readings. I get a daily mm-hmm. one and I am truly satisfied. I say that like every time. But I get super excited every day and I'm like waiting for my for my notes. So I know kind of how to guide myself through the day. It's, I yes. love it. So. I'm a Patreon. If you're interested in getting any kind of daily reliable astrology readings from me... Uh, you'll want to go check that out now because I have limited the slots on there. There's limited uh-huh. space for personalized readings because my energy has been pretty low lately. Oh, uh, well, well, <laughs> what? Because, because I'm pregnant. Woo! Again. So we're expecting uh, baby number two in Yay. March. I, that looks actually looked like three. Pisces! It might be Pisces. Ooh. It might be an Aries. Pisces. We don't know, but we're really excited. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so I've just had a hard time keeping up with some of the some of the workload on there. So I limited the space. <sighs> yeah. So if you really want to know about your daily astrology, you got to check it out before other people get the spot. Guys, get in there. You won't yeah. regret it. It's my favorite thing ever. So, um, all right. That being said, we can move on into kind of recapping. Last time we covered dirty Diane Downs and her dirty fucking diary. Oh my God. And it was pretty good shit. So if you missed that episode, go check it out. Episode five. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't ever miss our videos. So hit that bell. Hit the bell. Um, hit the subscribe. Give hit us a like. like. Uh, tell us what you think in the comments. Tell us your, your day, your birthday. Tell us your, your favorite color. Tell or us, tell us your favorite story your that you'd like to story. know about. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can message us on Instagram for that, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Halloween coming up, we're kind of entering that, like, fall we have, spooky season. We have big spooky plans for yes. you guys. We're going to bring you some <laughs> fucked up stories because we know how much you love it. And <laughs> from there, uh, I guess we're ready to yeah. get into it. Right. Are we ready yep. to go? Let's do it. All right, y'all. So this is a pretty fucked up episode, as we promised. Uh, It is Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. They are better known as the Ken and Barbie Killers. Woo! Um, I know you're thinking lots of Malibu pink. You're thinking Barbie convertible. These two literally look like Barbie and Ken. Like, they're beautiful. They she are beautiful people. I looked at their pictures before we started. I, I needed like, her to oh. know how hot they are. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I get it. I get it. 
Um, so they're, they were pretty unlikely suspects to be committing the type of crimes that they did because they were, like, gorgeous and, like, this young couple out doing fucked up shit. And that's also what made this story so sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you guys... We've gone international because this is our first Canada story. They are Canadian. So international story. International story. <laughs> We're getting out of the U.S. That's of another uh, YouTube channel I watch. Oh, they wait. sing international. Oh, do they really? <laughs> I did not rip that off. I don't know about I it. I did. I ripped it off. My song was 100 percent original. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> so um, this is actually the most sensationalized crime in Canada's history. So buckle the fuck up. Major trigger warning, and I wrote on this thing, I wrote, trigger warning, this story is fucked, and I Perfect. stand by that statement, yeah. so. Y'all, buckle your seatbelts. Get ready, because we've got, we're going to start off talking with about Carla. Carla Leanne Homolka was born May 4th, 1970, at 12... 12.20 a.m. We have birth times today. Witching hour. Yeah, we do have so birth excited. times. So excited. Yes. Um, so, uh, she attracted... Worldwide media attention when she assisted in the rape and murder of two teenage girls, as well as the rape and death of her own sister. Wow. So, okay. He, yeah, enter Paul Bernardo, born August 27th, 1964, at 8... 8.31 30 a.m. 30 p.m. or a.m.? A.m. A.m. Okay. So, we've got these two shitheads. Um... <laughs> Paul was also known as the Scarborough Rapist. So he had kind of two identities. Oh, cute. Yeah. He's got more than one nickname. He has all the nicknames. (laughs) He would have been so popular in high school. Wow. So we're going to, like, kick off by talking a little bit about his life and what it was like for him growing up. So his mom was apparently verbally abusive. Okay. And uh, he found out that his father wasn't really his father. Um, biologically when he was 16 mm. so that's a hard blow for a teenage boy I can yeah. imagine um and also around this time he became a fucking peeping tom with his neighbors so he's like creeping around the yard looking in your windows like trying to see some titties and <laughs> he gradually got more aggressive like as he got older so that was kind mm. of like the catalyst for him in his life and then, like, his, he went to high school, went to college. His early college years, he had a lot of different girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And many of them now, like, after the fact, like, they dumped him and said that he was sexually violent. So. Wow. Not good. That's a, an indicator of things uh, to come. Yeah. So I called this section, meet cute or... <laughs> mm. uh, because... Paul and Carla met in the fall of 1987. All right. That's the year I was born, y'all. Oh, so Mm. cute. 87, I was a toddler, or or an infant-ish kid, crawling (laughs) and doing stuff. Um, So they met in Scarborough, and uh, Carla was a high school student. She was 17, and Paul was 23, so Is Canada different with their ages of consent? Like, just curious. I should have looked that up, but I didn't. Oh, I will look at it. Um, if you're from Canada or I if you are Canada. privy to Canada's laws about um, what age of consent is. Canada. I still think that's a pretty inappropriate. Like, why, if you're 23, why do you want to? 16. Wanna... What? <laughs> the legal age of consent Canada. in Canada is 16 years old. Persons under 16 years old mm-hmm. can have consensual sex with someone close in age. Close in okay. I don't know what that means yeah, though. Yeah. That needs to be defined because that leaves too much a gray area like cuz close in age. I mean 6 years 
Technically, I guess that's not. I mean, definitely not when you get older. That that's not like a big. Okay, he was age how gap. old? He is twenty three, and she was seventeen. Uh, I don't know. It, seventeen is an iffy age too, because it's like right on the brim. But yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, so there's a lot of like other questions. Like, can a sixteen year old date this age? You know, in Canada, and it's like. You know, I'm not getting a straight answer. Well, so. you know, it's kind of similar in the South, though, where it's mm-hmm. like one of those things. We are from the South, so we get to say this. Uh, <laughs> where, like, the, the age of consent, like, I think in Texas is also 16. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's like state laws even in the U.S. I might be wrong about that, but. I wonder if that would change if you went to, like, a federal, like, a higher court case. I think like, it goes to where it's like the par- so if the parents are permissive of it or not. I think it really does kind of go that way, but. Anyway. Okay, anyway. Mm-hmm. So Paul's in college. He's going to school to be an accountant at the time. And Carla was having a snack with a friend at this mm-hmm. cute little cafe. Cute. And in walks the shit face of her dreams. Paul <laughs> Bernardo. Gross. <laughs> um, so they both said it was love at first sight and mm-hmm. that they had this electric attraction. So okay. chemical level attraction. And they were both like, hey, we're hot. Let's go bang in a hotel real quick. Which is 100% what happened. Wow. Yeah, so they went and hooked up at a hotel. Um, I really want to know what that conversation was like. For you guys to bump into a random person at a cafe mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. end up in a hotel the same day, within hours. Yeah. I really want to know what that conversation consists of. I mean, sure. I feel like a lot of people kind of live that (laughs) type of life. And it is what it is. No judgment. I'm not judging. It's interesting. I'm just really curious. Like, how would you... I, I can't fathom that from my personal experience. Also, a 17-year-old, too. Like, this is the thing. It's True. not like it's not like two adults in an airport bar that kind of, like, hook up real quick. Yeah. This is, like, a technical minor in right. the U.S. and our Canada's yeah. also different, obviously. But um, that's interesting yes. yeah, to make that type of uh, decision. I don't know if I could trust someone like that that quickly, you know? That's from what I understand, though. Like, I would think I'd be murdered. Ugh. I'd be, As my murder alert that. would go you off. You should think you're going to get, <laughs> <laughs> that's called anxiety working properly, Ooh, um, in go. my opinion. Um, so it's one of those things where they had this like really intense connection. Uh, Carla immediately thought that Paul was the one and she thought he was a total catch. I mean, he's mm-hmm. older boys in school. Mm-hmm. He's really attractive. Yeah. He's like, seems like he's got his shit together. And Paul felt the same way about her. So they really dove in quickly to a committed relationship. All right. So now let's talk about the Scarborough rapist. Okay. So um, serial rapes were Mr. happening. Mr. Man. What? Mr. Man. Mr. Man. <laughs> Man of the hour. All right. Um, so the serial rapes started happening in the Toronto area, mm-hmm. and Paul was targeting young teenage girls, and then by 1988, so a year after meeting Carla, he was a full-on fucking predator, and he had attacked at least seven women at this point. So oh, wow. his method for obtaining his victims is that he would grab them as they got off the bus, or like he would <laughs> wait in the park and sexually assault them. So he was waiting to see women alone at night, like, getting off the bus by themselves. And that was, re- it's really fucked up. Like, ugh, I hate it so much. Wow. Um, so he would attack them from behind, and oh he God. would usually pull them, you know, into a secluded area, or in some cases into a bush. And he started, like, with his first few attacks, he started with just, like, fondling his victims, and mm-hmm. it escalated to other sex acts. 
um, combined with physical assault. So he is escalating. Like you can see it every time he yeah. gets a little bit more comfortable with his method. He goes a little further with the violence and the sexual violence. Yeah. And um, the victims reported that he was good looking with light hair. Mm-hmm. And they said, this is a key factor. This will come in play several times. He forced his victims to call themselves degrading names during the attacks. So he's like okay. psychologically um, yeah. fucking with his victims too. And that became like part of his signature. Which tells me he really hated women. Like I, I don't know if that stems back to his mother like not telling him about his father. I don't know. That could right. come from a lot of places. I'm totally speculating. Um, but it, it's, it's shocking. And uh, they could feel like the police were getting concerned at this point with the number of attacks. There's 11 attacks, and they can feel it moving into the area of homicide because of the way it's escalating. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of sketches, composite sketches, coming out mm-hmm. uh, from the victims. And uh, even Paul's friends were calling it in, saying it looked like him. So he is all over the police's radar. Um People are starting to see that... It's so like, he's not really getting this, like, veil of deception no. going. <laughs> no, he's, he's like, not even he, apparently wearing any sort of a disguise. That's the other part of it. Is like, He's just going for it. Also, we talked about this a little bit before we start recording. He doesn't look like the boogeyman. He looks right. like... I mean, obviously mm-hmm. a 17-year-old's just going to go to a hotel and go hook up with him really quick. It's one of those things where he was attractive. He was physically attractive, mm-hmm. and, and that... A lot of times, let's women will let their guard down, like people like Ted Bundy. They yeah. say that he was so physically attractive and he was so charismatic, mm-hmm. like they never hid their faces because that's yeah. and that's also the level of just feeling like they are smarter than everybody else. Like I don't even have to disguise myself because I'm going to get away with it. Like that's <laughs> it's fine. Oh, that I can't stand it. That's it's just horrible. So. Once the police kind of get his name and a lot of people are reporting him saying like that he looks like the composite, mm-hmm. um, they go get his DNA. So he gives a DNA sample to the police and they send it off for testing. But of course, this is like fucking 1988, 1989. DNA is brand new. The technology is not very advanced. So like this shit is really going to take time, you know, mm-hmm. to like process that. Amy, you know about lab things. And- oh, yeah. And, I, and any sort of, like, processing time it is to, like, look through that stuff. Um, so much, I would imagine, would go into that. Yeah, especially with, like, not very advanced technology. No. I'm sure it's very different. <laughs> I know it's really different now. So, what's happening in the meantime? Like, once they, they send that DNA off, now what? What do you, what do you think is happening next? <laughs> um, no. Fucking get ready for some vile shit, because oh. here comes the story with Carla somewhere. We're going to talk mm. about their relationship. So Carla had, as far as we know, had no idea that Paul was committing these crimes at the mm-hmm. time. She's dating him. She actually lives 80 miles away, and they're having a long-distance relationship. And also, he's just, like, fawns over her. He's, like, really obsessed with her. Right. Um, so she feels very loved, like he's very devoted to her. She has no reason <sighs> to suspect that mm-hmm. he would be involved in something like this. And also, everyone approved of him as a suitor. So this is one of the things we talked about as far as consent. Mm-hmm. Her family had no issue um, with the six-year age gap. Like, nobody had any concerns about it. But in the spring of 1989, Carla graduates from high school. Yay! Because he was <laughs> dating a junior. And now she's graduated. And around this time, she starts to kind of open up to her friends that Paul was verbally abusive towards her. Uh, But she loved him, and she didn't think much of it, and she kind of wrote it off and, like, minimized it. 
But then they went on a romantic trip. Ooh. To Niagara Falls. I feel like that wouldn't go well within his church. Uh, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> wow. Go ahead. Um, so they go on a romantic trip to Niagara Falls, and he proposes to really? her. Okay, okay. They're happy, but things are far from good. Okay. All right, all right. I can see. So, guys, this next section, I'm going to, again, give the trigger warning because this disclaimer disclaimer all over the fucking place because disclaimer everything we're gonna talk about tammy and this is carla's little sister okay so the story is fucked up it makes me want to cry like i feel like i'm holding back tears like thinking about this story this part of the story is really rough so get ready um again carla's family loved paul Mm -hmm. um her parents thought he was great and so did sweet tammy um, Paul, being the piece of human garbage that he is, uh, was upset with Carla because she just couldn't give him the one thing he really wanted. And what is, what is that, you ask? Her fucking virginity. So, what's the logical answer to the problem? I mean, how would you solve that? Well, Paul has a fucking plan. Paul says that he wants to take Tammy's virginity instead. And asks her to sacrifice her sister. Oh, my um, God. Like a can of yours, I'll just take your sister's, and it's basically the same. And <laughs> uh, how did Carla react? I mean, um, well, she desperately wants to please Paul. So she's like, that's a great idea. This could work. So she ends up drugging her little sister and she lets Paul rape her as a fucking Christmas gift. What? On know? December 23rd, 1990. So the night before Christmas Eve. So she's very uh, like open to suggestion. Yeah, she is she doesn't really seem to have much of a mind of her own. Or mm. I I don't know because but let's go a little go deeper ahead. here. Um So how do they do this? They're like, "Oh, hey Tammy, come drink with us," which what teenager doesn't want to like go hang out with their older sibling and boyfriend mm-hmm. and like oh like, they're gonna so cool. they're gonna let me have alcohol I'm gonna fucking hang out I'm so cool like I'm an only child but I feel like I would be totally down for that yeah. as like a teenage version of myself would be like yes I want to hang out mm-hmm. so um, poor Tammy had no clue that the drinks were actually laced with sleeping pills. <laughs> And oh Carla helped with the whole thing. She didn't just, like, give her the, the pills and, like, leave. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually stole chemicals from the vet clinic she worked at. Oh and she held a rag, chloroform style, over her sister's face to keep her sedated while Paul raped her. So she's, like, fully Dang. fucking involved watching it, holding her sister oh there, God. involved in it. And... Not only did they do this fucked up, inhumane, horrible shit, they videotaped it. I don't know if it's just me, but, like, I don't even want to think about my sibling having any kind of intercourse. Uh, Like, much less, like, help and be there. Like, there's so many levels that that just messes with my head. Well, (laughs) get ready for more because that's not the worst part. That's not the worst part. Unfortunately, that's not the worst fucking yeah, part. Just when you think it couldn't get any fucking worse, <laughs> Carla joins in and proceeds to rape her little sister. Oh my god. I can't. Oh god, that's, that's hard. So gross. So um <laughs> soon Tammy starts to vomit 
and she actually chokes on her vomit. Oh so God. at this point, they realize like shit has gone really far. Um, they get her dressed really quickly and they call nine one one. So mm-hmm. when the paramedics arrive, they won't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> well, and they don't. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my god. I, I right? <laughs> they don't figure it they out. They had a drugged woman brought in, and they didn't like rape test her. Like, well, okay. So here, here we go. Okay. Tammy dies. <laughs> well, okay. It's a different time. Maybe. Yeah. Also, um, when the parents or the parents, the paramedics, when they arrive, uh, uh-huh. they get the story that Tammy passed out from drinking and that they were trying okay. to revive her, which All is right. exactly what it looks like. Okay. It's her sister and yeah. her sister's boyfriend. They're not thinking, well, she was probably raped. <sighs> you know what I mean? I it's know. her sister going, we yeah. gave her alcohol and she drank too much. It's a plausible story. Mm. So they really gave the police a plausible story. Um, but Tammy does die in the early morning hours on wow. Christmas Eve. There is one thing. So doctors see a weird burn mark on her face. Okay. It's from the chemicals. Okay, so she has chemical good. burns on her face. Um, but they still conclude that she died of natural causes. Oh, this is so frustrating. And they <laughs> explain away that it's carpet burn from when she was in the floor. And everybody's just like, I, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. Why would you question that story? It's the Ooh. sibling. Like, it, there's so much credibility coming from a family member that it's like, yeah. you would, that the last thing you would expect is everything I just fucking told you. Mm. Like, that's not. It's so irritating. The human brain, like, prevents us from thinking about yeah. that because it's so awful. And everyone thinks it's this tragic action, accident and then it's, like, presented as a cautionary tale of the dangers of drinking and drugs. Mm. So... Carla and Paul proceed to buy a home, and they move on with their lives like nothing fucking happened. Oh, my God. So they get away with it. Mm. Um, so, next section. This is also a terrible section, so it does. the story's not going to improve, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, getting worse. The, it's get, that was probably, to me, that was the worst as far as details go, but the other crimes that happen are equally terrible. We just... Don't have the level of detail on those crimes that, or I don't, that um, I did with Tammy's, with Tammy's murder. So the next section, crimes of passion? I don't know. (laughs) So once they buy their home, Paul starts to take his violence out on Carla. As if that wasn't, as if we didn't see that coming. Right. Um, So he starts to taunt her and he starts to say that he's the Scarborough rapist, which she did not know. Um, and she actually doesn't know yeah. if she should believe him or not. Like, so right. he's, he keeps saying this kind of shit mm-hmm. to her. Like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a Scarborough rapist. Like, it's kind of like it's a fear like, tactic. Uh, okay. Like, like, I don't know what um, I would think either. That's a weird joke, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, it's not, that's not funny. <clears throat> um, but Carla's so insecure, she just can't leave him. And also, he's got some major shit on her. True. He threatens to tell yeah. everyone what she did to her sister. And he, he's always using that as ammo against her. And he has it on video. So he constantly has this to hold over her. Um, And then, two nights before their wedding, Carla is awakened by Paul in the middle of the night, and uh, he brought her a surprise. So sweet. Oh, my God. What could it be? Mm. How about a 14-year-old girl that he kidnapped out of her own backyard? Oh, my. So he brings over... 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey. And Paul intends to keep her as a sex slave. So they hold her captive, and the couple repeatedly assaults her. Again, on video. Mm. 
That's her favorite. Um, they're so fucked up. And in less than 24 hours, Leslie is killed. She is dismembered. And they disposed of her in the Gibson River. So, wow. um, more to come about that. But what now? Like, now what? Like, we just did this. Let's get married. <laughs> um, of course. So, they get married on June 29th, 1991. All right. And later on that day. So, reception's dying down. Everybody's just done the electric slide. Um, You know, your cousin got too fucking drunk and fucked up the speech. Um, I don't know if any of those details are true, but I guarantee they did the electric fucking slide. I mean, how could you not? In that Um, year, too. I mean, it's 1991. (laughs) So, in the recreational area... By the Gibson River, fishermen find pieces of what appears to be human flesh sticking out of concrete blocks. Mm. Can you fucking imagine? Mm-hmm. Like cinder blocks with body parts sticking out, basically. Um, and everybody is fucking shook. Like when this news hits, it, people do not know what to do. Um, so police recovered a total of eight concrete blocks, and they all contain parts of a young female. And unfortunately, it's sweet little Leslie. So she'd been missing for two weeks at that point. And uh, police didn't know uh, who would do something so awful because it's so fucked. And meanwhile, Carla, she just has to come to the realization that Paul has this insatiable desire for virgins. He's obsessed with virgins. You know, you just gotta love them for who they are. Uh, I mean, love... (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. The heart wants what the heart wants. I, uh... Oh, God. I'm sorry. Um... I apologize. No, it's it's true. (laughs) No. Horrible. So, Carla's, like, coming to this realization, and I guess... The logical thing for most people would be like, I've got to get out of this relationship. For mm-hmm. Carla, it was, I've got to help him get more virgins. <laughs> so, that's what they do. Just, um, she finds a way to do this, too. She actually has a lot of access to young virgins because oh. she starts luring her dead little sister's former friends to come hang out. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. As if she hasn't done enough, you yeah. know. Um her sister's ghost must be just freaking out beyond the grave, watching her sister, like, drag her friends into... Also, like, to know... Because she didn't actually, before she died, didn't know her sister was doing this to her. Like, yeah. she, did, she was unconscious and yeah. didn't know that her sister had drugged her. Like, oh, to know that your own sister, the person you fucking trust, mm-hmm. your family did that shit to you is, is awful. And then she starts doing it to her sister's friends and inviting them to come hang out and doing the same thing where she's dragging them and Paul rapes them. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these girls do survive, though. That's that's the big okay. difference here is these girls survive. Well, that's good, I guess. But fuck! <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah. to, to survive and not know what the fuck happened, it, mm, it's crazy. It's horrible. So, in April of 1992... Paul and Carla start looking for other victims and another sex slave. They can't, you know, enslave these girls they know. You know what I mean? Like, they've got to get a girl they don't know Mm -hmm. so that they can keep her. That You know, they're getting tired of that catch and release shit. We need to keep one, which is 
so it's a lot up. of work finding another girl and another girl. I mean, yeah. yeah. They just need one they can keep on hand. So when they start looking, um, they see sweet little Kristen French, and she's a doll. Both these girls are dolls. Leslie and Kristen, like, mm-hmm. seeing their pictures, they look so sweet. They're so cute, so innocent. Um, she's 15 years old, and she is walking. So they decide to pull into a church parking lot within her route Mm because she's coming towards them, and they just wait for her. So there's this attractive couple sitting in a car, literally waiting for this young girl to um, approach them. Yeah. And what do they do? The famous, they ask her for directions, which, okay. Simple. So this is something that I have talked to a lot of my friends uh, with, like, older children about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. the importance of explaining to your kids that adults never need help from children. Yeah, if an adult is true. asking a child for help, that especially should be a red flag. two adults, yes, mm-hmm. red fucking flag. Yeah. You do not ask children to help you. Oh, I dropped no. this. I need a child to come help me. Or can no. you come help me do this? No. 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 And that's so important, you know, for that's a, young that's people That's a good to way know. to say that, yeah. That's a red fucking flag. And it's fine to tell them to suck it and keep mm-hmm. walking. Um... <laughs> So, Kristen goes missing, and then two weeks later, she is found in a ditch on the side of the road, and it's fucking horrible. So, like, they didn't go the lengths that they went to with Leslie to try to conceal the body. She was literally just tossed into a ditch, which just, like, breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, So, when the police find her, she's been sexually assaulted, beaten, strangled. And um, they find evidence, like, when they, you know, mm-hmm. do the autopsy, that she was kept for several days. And she was repeatedly raped and sodomized before she died. Wow. So, like, the horrific That's just... experience of having mm-hmm. that happen to you before you die. I mean, like, it's, that's horrible to think about what that must have been like and the pain that she must yeah. have gone through. Um, so... At this point, a task force is formed to work on this case because this, they're, Good. you know, everybody's terrified. Like, their teenage Ooh. daughters are becoming victims. Mm-hmm. And soon the police get a hot tip that they were actually looking for two people instead of just one. So this is a huge break in the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a badass eyewitness who came forward saying that they saw Kristen in that church parking lot talking to two people. Um, and then they also said that they, the people were in a beige Camaro, so they have a car. Okay, good. So police put out an APB, but mm-hmm. Paul drives a fucking Nissan. They got the make of the no. car wrong, which I don't know shit about cars. That'd I would be, be so sad if yeah. I fucked that up, you know? Like, uh, so that's that's kind of a, a letdown. Big mm-hmm. bummer. But police are still, you know, they have enough evidence and they're smart. They know what they're doing. And they start to figure shit out. So... The place where Paul and Carla disposed of Kristen's body was actually really close to the cemetery where okay. Leslie was buried. So right. that's a connection based on the proximity and the nature of the crime and how brutal they both were. There were just so many similarities. The area, it's the same fucking area. Right. Um, and the media coverage of this story was absolutely insane. Um, so now, I mean, it's fucking over. It's all over because by January of 1993... Carla is going to the ER because Paul's beatings are getting so severe. I saw a picture of this, and it is fucked up. He beat her in the face with a flashlight. Whoa. Um, he broke her ribs. Really fucked up her face bad. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like one huge bruise. It was a really um, terrifying picture to look at. Yeah. Um, and she moves out at this time. 
Also, remember that DNA um, that he yes. gave to the fucking police? Well, around this time, they finally link his DNA to the Scarborough rapist oh case, and he was fucked. I mean, they have his DNA connected to all of those attacks. And that then that's when investigators make the big link between the killings of Kristen and Leslie. So, hmm. Carla makes a deal, y'all. She was no dummy when it came to, you know, protecting herself and saving her own ass. She breaks down first and confesses everything to her family. And then the police decide to interview her about the assault. And they were not ready for the shit that she had to tell them. She tells them everything in graphic detail and what Paul did. She places 100% blame on him. She says that he forced her to help against her will. Um, and then she says that she will testify against him if they give her immunity. Oh, wow. So she tells them about the videos and the assaults of all three victims, mm -hmm. and they make a deal with her because they realize... Oh, well, they like, want to get him off. Yeah. Exactly. So she gets a reduced sentence, and they have to go get Paul. So they search okay. the home. They search the house for 71 days, oh, and they can't find the videos. Ooh. So that's a key factor. Um, now we're going to court, you guys. We're going to Canada court. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they call it. They might have a different name for it there. Um, I need to educate myself on Canada's values. We can't learn everything, guys. It's <laughs> Guys, I'm not a historian. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But on June 28th, 1993, Carla goes to court to face her charges. Mm -hmm. And in court, they portray her as this abused wife. And yeah. she gets convicted of manslaughter. Right? Okay. Um, she gets two 12-year sentences to be served concurrently, and mm -hmm. that means she's serving them at the same time. So that would that's like 12 years versus 24 years. She only gets 12 years yeah. because she's serving them concurrently versus consecutively. So and that can be really confusing. Court jargon. Legal jargon. I did some homework, y'all. <laughs> um, so she files for divorce from Paul while she's in prison, mm -hmm. and all the facts of her case are kept a secret. Because they've got to ensure a fair trial for shitface. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but people are, like, really pissed about it. They know yeah. that she... They, they feel like there was some sort of deal made, and that's the speculation. So, on May 18th, 1995, Paul's trial finally begins. And he pleads not guilty. What an asshole. The audacity. Um, he pleads not guilty to kidnapping, aggravated assault, murder, and six other charges. So, wow. Carla sees him for the first time when she testifies against him. But guess what? The police found the fucking videos. So, <laughs> they now know that she fully participated in the crime and that she is not a victim. The video of Tammy was fucking beyond, and she tried to claim battered spouse syndrome for okay. her involvement, and they were like, no, bitch, no, stop it. <laughs> So, everyone is upset that she got this plea deal. So, Paul's the one they have to focus on at this point, though. Like, yeah. she's made her deal. There's no going back. Mm -hmm. They can't undo it. And his trial lasts for four months. The jury is allowed to watch the videotapes. Ooh. Can you imagine? Also, no fucking way he's getting away with this, but can you imagine watching that shit? I, I, I would... 
I've been a juror before. Have you really? Yeah. What? It was I a horrible. About this. It was a horrible experience what for me personally. I'll have, to, I'll have to tell you. I'll, I'll do a video about it later. I gotta know um, more about this. I'm so obsessed right now. I okay. could I could talk about it too long, but that would be insane. Like having to sit there, like you you're cut out from your day to day normal life, and then all of a sudden like you're there watching. You're making all this. what like thirty dollars a day or like whatever they give you like. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's just like. It discovers like nothing. It's just like a little like here you go. Like, Here's twelve like percent of your salary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your parents like see you every now and then. They're like, "Here's fifty bucks." Like that kind uh, of feeling. Oh, okay. It's like that. It feels like. I that. mean, I don't know what that's like, but yeah, <laughs> totally. Some parents do that, I guess. Um, the cool parents. The cool. Uh, <laughs> if your parents give you fifty dollars, please thank them because that's awesome. Yeah, Good it's really you. nice. It's really nice. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Um, so they're allowed to watch the video, and then they all wanted to die. Um, but after only eight hours of deliberation, the jury finds that's like enough time to fill out paperwork, you guys. They find him guilty as fuck of all nine charges, including two counts of first degree murder. So, um, the parents of the girls, so. Leslie and Kristen's families are pleased with that verdict, but they're just fucking heartbroken. That doesn't right. bring back doesn't their help. children. That doesn't right. undo the horrible deaths that their daughters had to endure. Um, so now jail things. Here we go. So Paul gets life in prison right. with possibility of parole in 25 years. Okay. I mean, he's going to be rehabilitated. We want him back on the streets, you guys. No! Oh. What the shit? Okay. Um, okay, he's declared a dangerous offender, and they are not letting his ass out. Well, he was no. denied parole, so oh, fucking thank you, Canada. Don't let this shit face out. Mm-hmm. Um, today, he is 55 years old and in prison. He actually claims that he committed his crimes because he had low self-esteem. Oh. Um, <laughs> who? I, how many people out there have low self-esteem and are not serial killers and rapists? Cool. Fuck you. That's bullshit. Um, so Carla, she only served 12 years, so she is out of prison now. Yeah. And people are pissed. This is the thing. I, I okay, teased you about this. I wanted to tell you something about her getting out of prison. <laughs> okay. Guess when she got out? When? July 4th. Oh. 2005. So that probably didn't mean anything in Canada, but no. in America, that's our Independence Day. Fireworks. Ties to something else we've done. Okay, what else? Remember Eileen Warnos? Oh, yeah. And she was put to death on Independence Day. Whoa, that's weird. Dun, 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 dun. That's weird. Well, that's significance. Hmm. Uh, okay. So... I just that I really was excited about that because I'm a nerd. I don't blame you. Um, okay, and we also know that it doesn't really mean anything from Eileen's story, but I love it. So, what's she been up to, Carla? She's doing stuff and things. You better believe it. Uh, she says she does feel a lot of remorse and still has nightmares about right. what happened to the girls and mm-hmm. her sister. I mean, yeah. I hope she has nightmares forever because. Fuck you, Carla. Um, And then in 2007, she had a child. With who? I don't know. But she had a son, so that's terrifying. So she's raising children now. Cool. Like, uh, awesome. She's got a level head on her shoulders. And wait till you hear this. Mm. She has also done volunteer work at a Montreal elementary school, which is like, 
What? Why does she run kids? Exactly. This is called nobody did a background check. Oh I don't know God. what's going on in Canada, but please do background checks on fucking oh, crazy. If I was a parent and I found that out about, I would be so furious. That PTA meeting, people were outraged. I'd be so furious. And you guys, that's the Ken and Barbie killers. That's two pieces of human garbage. That's huge. Uh-huh. Like, so sit with that. It's and... not like it's not like a pedophile report where you like peed in a park, you know. <laughs> like, like, you know, like uh, it's just no. You've assisted in the murder of three people, the rape and murder of three people on camera with your boyfriend. I'm just I, okay. husband. Ah, gross. Yeah. So that's that. Are we are we gonna chart it up now? Yeah, I think we it's got chart a time. Double chart reading. All right. It's time for charts. Let's chart it up. All right. First, we're going to look at Mr. Paul Ken from Ken and Barbie, and what's the other nickname he has? The Scarborough Rapist. Scarborough. Paul Bernardo, Ken of the Ken and Barbie Killers, and those are his many identities. Many and identities. let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. So, basics for him. Um, his ascendant Ooh. is Virgo. Uh, like you. Oh, no. And, <laughs> Why? Uh, he also has a stellium in Virgo. His son is in Virgo. Um, his son is in his 12th house, which I'll talk about more later. Um, and then his moon is in one of the most common places for the moon to be for people with murderous um, issues. Uh, but he's an Aries. Uh, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. That was like... Yeah, common. it's uh, it's one of the more common ones for serial killers. Hmm. Um, for you to have any kind of Aries lunar placement, but especially if you have um, your moon in the first what is it, ten degrees of Aries, that's uh, the nakshatra that's the absolute most common, which is Shit. more of like Vedic astrology, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the actual most common. And then I think the next one is the degree uh, that they have their moons in, which is um, the last. Uh, decan of Aries or nakshatra. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong. I don't know to correct anything, so it's I like, think it sounds. Perfect. It's like when you're using the like traditional languages language for like yoga poses and stuff. Ooh, like I'm just, yeah, I'm Sanskrit. Gonna, I'm gonna. Say I'm a it Sanskrit. Wrong. That's right. Like, yes, I'm obsessed that's what with Sanskrit. Called. I won't go to yoga if they don't <laughs> use Sanskrit. If I hear downward facing dog, I'm gonna lose my mind. I don't want to be there. I want to leave immediately. That's fantastic. Um, They kind of like uppity about your yoga. I'm a bitch. No, I want it to be weird, and I don't want it to be the uppity, like, hot yoga, and here's our vinyasa, and we're going to all burn a lot of calories. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that either. It feels too vanilla. Mm -hmm. I need it to be Sanskrit. I need it to be more healing. I need it to, I don't do it for a workout. I do a Mm -hmm. lot of other things for working out, but yoga is my, like, centered in myself yeah like if I I also like personally I don't like being pushed to work out no it makes me it makes me like like I think it's supposed to make you angry and like oh like I'm gonna do it like you're like prove you wrong and whatever it doesn't do that to me it makes me like very anxious and sad and so then I don't want to work out at all right so I like having like a, a like a really healthy environment when I'm going to be physical. And if I'm going to push myself, I got to do it on my own. Yes. Yeah. I just think Sanskrit's very healing. And that's my, that's why I need it. Need it in my heart and in my life. All right. We've gotten way Anyway, we talked about yoga. I'm sorry. We both like yoga, right? I mean, us. All right. So we got. Pick up on that. <laughs> right, so we have Paul with his sun in Virgo, ascendant in Virgo, and moon in Aries. 
Um, now, the, one of the first things that I thought was really interesting about his chart here uh, was he has Venus conjunct Mars, um, which Carla does too. Um, so this is one of the thing, one of the many things they have in common in their charts. It's like really crazy. They weren't even born close together, really. There's that six-year um, age gap, you guys. Yeah, so they just happened to <laughs> be born at the right time for all this to happen. Um, and this can create, like, it's like your heart and that fire, drive, passion part of you are just, like, the same. Um, oh, wow. So there's a lot of, um, like, benefit to this and negativity to this. Uh, because when Venus... Uh, is being, um, you know, Venus could be a bitch, okay? So Venus, uh, you don't let me fuck you. Like, um, Mars, when Mars is not being at its best, it's very aggressive and um, scary. Uh. (laughs) Um, You know, it's that warrior sense in there. So having those together is very intense. Um, And so that's the first thing. But it's in in, uh, Cancer for him. Which really gives it this weird, like, nurturing, caring Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that cancer, like, motherly? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like, I could see how he could really, when he's being sweet, like, oh. you really feel cared for. Like, he's like, so devoted to Like, you feel like he is just so, um, like, oh. sweet and nurturing and just, I, I would, that would be, and then he could turn, you know? So when he's good, he's good, and when he's bad, he's a complete fucking dick. It's intense, Wow, that's interesting. Um, Now, as far as his looks go, this is like a whole thing where they both looked very attractive, and it was kind of deceiving, you know? Mm -hmm. They both, um, well, he has his Neptune in Scorpio. Um, Also, Virgo ascendants can come off very, like, attractive. I think there's, like... Um, Are you saying I'm attractive? No. <laughs> There's like certain signs in the zodiac where it just, you just come off like, I don't know, like there, there's a lot of, um, like Virgo is one of them, Libra is one of them, Scorpio is one of them. I think them. of like magnetism, like you have that personal magnetism where you draw people in. Yeah, like it's it's kind of just like, you might not be like conventionally attractive, but like you're seen, you're still seen as attractive. Okay, there's like, other attractive qualities. Yeah, there's something about the way you come off to people that's mm. attractive. And that's one of the, the things you get with a Virgo ascendant. It's very ascendant. charming. Mm-hmm. And then with Scorpio, I mean, there's a lot of, like, uh, when you have a lot of Scorpio placements, it kind of makes it where, again, you might not be conventionally attractive, but for some reason, people are still just, like, drawn mm. to you magnetically. Um, especially with a Neptune placement. That Yeah, Neptune there can definitely do that. Um he has that stellium in Virgo that I mentioned, and that's in his 12th house. And this is kind of uh, fun for me since he, we get to see his life and that he did actually end up in a prison. So the 12th house can Ooh. show isolation, um, the prison effect. It could just be that you're withdrawn from society uh, in some way, but I mean... Having your sun there is like your vitality is there. Um, it can also mean that you kind of reject a part of yourself. It can kind of really show like issues with your ego, having your sun in the 12th house. Um, and he's got a lot of plants in the 12th house in Virgo. So it's kind of probably some perfectionism issues, probably some like, okay. probably a lot of issues there. Uh, it's also opposite his Chiron, which show your traumas. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's definitely got some issues. 
Um, but also with uh, that twelfth house stellium. Oh, I stuck my next note. Um, <laughs> hey, I got a lot of notes. Really. Um, she has color coded notes. I would like to say <laughs> that I am so fucking impressed about. Anyway, also with that placement mentioning is Chiron. It's in retrograde and it's conjunct his vertex, which is where life throws you. So he is not able to like uh, focus on another area of his life really. Um, because mm-hmm. he's constantly, I mean, all of us have to revisit our traumas and, like, uh, process and kind of this, like, pattern of life. But he is really, like, uh, just being, like, constantly thrown back into his emotional traumas. Um, huh. And there's a trine there to the Venus and Mars conjunction, which is kind of how he copes with that, you know, and his and his Neptune. They're all, there's a grand trine there. Um and as he copes with that through that, like, magnetic type of deception, like, kind of pulling people in. There's a thing with Scorpio, um, if you're into mythology. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's about, um, who is that? Hades. Like, okay. dragging Persephone down. Um, I don't remember details. To be, <laughs> you know, the basic story is, like, Hades drug Persephone down, and she became, like... I don't know, like the princess of death or something like that. But she, it was kind of like this story of like almost Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. Like he lured her down there and then sharing a delusion became, yeah. That's kind of um, one of the traits that Scorpio gets. One of the traits that Scorpio gets is that you can kind of just like pull people in, you know. Um, It's one of the scary parts of of, uh, Scorpio, I guess. Interesting. Um, yeah, so he kind of has that quality, especially with Neptune in there doing that. Um, and being able to trick people with his nurturing, caring side. And then, Ugh. you know, oh, this is my this is my life. It's so hard with my Chiron. And this is where oh, I'm at. No. And I, I just, just, it's all supporting each other on his chart, which is really interesting. Huh. Um, so his north and south node, I always like to talk about those. Um his north node is in Gemini, cusping Cancer, and his south node is Ooh. in Sagittarius, cusping Can- Capricorn. Um, the Gemini, cusping Cancer is fascinating. Like it, it's like it's like a like a Gemini, you know, how kind of um, I don't want to say crazy. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, I'm married to a Gemini, so I like. There's like a. a <laughs> you there, be careful, there's, Well, no, it's one of those that there are very two very different sides of their personality. Oh, yeah, they can have multiple like sides of the personality. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that they're always thinking about. It's mm-hmm. kind of cha- chaotic. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. Um, not crazy. And it was like a cuh cuh sound. Yeah. You know, pregnancy brain is really treating me well this time. Um, <laughs> But it's like a more emotional version of of that chaotic energy. Hmm. Um, You know, it's very, you know, smart and practical and everything like Gemini can be, but also, like, everything is more emotional. Um, And that's kind of where he's striving to go in his life. Um, Gemini can also become uh, easily manipulative just because they are so in control of social interactions. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, they can really lead a conversation uh, with with ease, with grace. Um, there's a lot of ways where Smooth this... Talking. It depends on your whole chart. It really does. But with, yeah. this, with this kind of north node, like, you're looking at someone who can kind of keep in touch with the emotional aspect of the conversation, but still guide it in where you could want to take it. Wow. Um, 
And this is kind of also shown with his south node conjunction. There's Lilith and Ceres there. Um, and these are square his ascendant, which is one of the things I was looking at for. You said his mother was um, not nice to she him. She was verbally abusive <laughs> and yeah. lied to him about who his dad was for yeah. The so first this is a years this is life, a disempowering so. mother that Ceres mm -hmm. really shows that kind of mothering energy. Um, again, it's like that basis for love, like how you learn um, on the that like fundamental level. Uh, what love is for you, uh, uh, and that's kind of, that really shows in series, and he has a very poor uh, series placement regarding that. Being conjunct Lilith, it would be you know if you didn't look at the aspects, you would think, wow, this is like um, he can really like feels empowered by this nurturing energy, but no, he doesn't because there's a square to his ascendant, and it's on his south node, which is part of you that you tend to reject. Um, uh -huh. It's your past, so okay. it's really. He definitely is not an individual who's at peace with fucking no. anything to no. do what he went on to do. It's like, mm -hmm. and also the the thing that I keep going back to in my mind mm -hmm. when I talk about Paul Bernardo or think about him is that he loved for his victims to degrade themselves. So he yeah. hated women, which I think, mm -hmm. like I mentioned earlier, There's I think a power ties back thing. to his mother. Yeah, definitely, definitely goes back to his mother. Um, like I wonder if that's especially what he's with that lunar about. placement as well. Like, there's. Man, there's definitely, like, when you were saying that, I was thinking, like, uh, he's wanting to feel powerful mm -hmm. uh, where he couldn't before. Like, right. Taking your power back, but in the wrong fucking way. Yeah, like, that's not how you should you know, go about it, guys. But that's how it can manifest in people. Exactly. Um, man, and he's really, like, okay, let me see if there's anything else I took notes on on him, because I have a lot to talk about still. Yeah. Mm. Technically doing three readings, so like Paul by himself, Carla, mm -hmm. and then the two of them merged in their overlap. So I'm going to quickly discuss Carla's chart now. Um, what does hers look like? I, I just love she got seeing the... what they look like. You know? <laughs> oh, like I don't really know what it means necessarily. It's just one of those things of like... Hers yeah, it's like very symmetrical. It's like a, mm, it's a zigzag pattern. You know when you I do those? I guess so. Yeah, so when got... you do those finger things as a kid with like the oh string until it puts their like hand that. in and you like drop it. Yeah, that's she's what got it a lot like. of back like and a, forth. What is that? It's like, like a Jacob's game, ladder. like a backgammon game or something. Or oh, Jacob, I don't know. I don't know. It's I just, always on the back of those checkerboards. I'm like, what is this? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that, I don't know how to play that. Anyway, I barely know how to play checkers. Okay. Um. I mean, I was checkers queen and Chinese checkers. Are you absolute kidding king. me? Oh, I was so good. What? Well, Are at you least, on a chess at least team? In, no, at least in my small <laughs> community, I was the best. Did you do like? I was the only one that beat my grandma at Chinese checkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bragging rights. Bragging. That's hilarious. I love you. All right. Um, okay, Carla. Carla Barbie. Mm. She has her son in Taurus. Oh, um, I love Taurus. Like, I know you would. You might have liked her. Like, <laughs> no, bitch, I'm not your friend. Um, <laughs> okay, so Sun and Taurus, Moon and Aries, the same spot as Paul's. Same, Ooh. same. Like, okay. I, I think there might be at the, on the same degree. Like, we don't check oh, here. Shit. I mean, they were like conjunct. Okay, they're three degrees away from each other. That's super close. Um. And then the, her ascendant is Capricorn, kind of cusping, it's cusping Sagittarius. Okay. Um, so, 
One of the first things you notice, or at least I noticed, on Carla's chart is that her sun is conjunct Saturn. Um, and this is a very strong issue on a chart. Uh, this is a huh. lot of, like, if Saturn is very structured, it's limitation, it's doing things by the book. Uh, uh, it sounds like no fucking fun. It's not fun. Sorry, Saturn. Saturn. All Saturn wants to do for you is create structure for you in your That'd life and really make you work for your rewards in life. So, like... Oh. For example, so if, if you had like a like a transit going on in your chart and you were um, hoping to manifest something, you're hoping to bring something into your life somehow, I don't know. Um, if, if you got a strong like Jupiter aspect going on, like it might just be gifted to you. Like it oh. might just happen, luck, luck of the draw kind of Jupiter, thing. Jupiter, Saturn, fantastic. A Saturn aspect though, you gotta work. Like you gotta work, bitch. You gotta like do all the things. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I get really excited anytime Britney Spears is even remotely mentioned. We're gonna do Britney Spears' chart oh, at some point, guys. We're just so you on know. her birthday. Be yes. here. Be there. Or be coming swear. December twenty nineteen. <laughs> um, oh. Okay, so. With this, this is on top of her vitality, her personality, who she is as a person, her consciousness, her, like, <laughs> her being, okay? Like, her physical self, <laughs> like, uh, actually, I think this is also, oh, no, it's in her fourth house. Um, anyway, so she's got <laughs> a lot of stress on her being her. Um, she I can relate feels, to that. <laughs> you know, I have, I have Saturn conjunct the, my moon. And so it's like an emotional stress, but her, it's like her just being existing is like very stressful and limiting and restricting. Mm. Um, I there's do a lot of belittlement. A lot. <laughs> I Damn gotta look it. at your chart again, I guess. I really relate to that, like hard. I always it's, feel like everybody wants yep. me to be less of myself mm -hmm. and that I, it's not safe to be me. Yeah, and, and Saturn like, can really like, like hit you hard. God. Like, especially when you go through your Saturn return when you're about 28 years old. Oh, man, I don't know how old she was when all this happened, but whenever she was 28, this would have been hell time for her. I'm pretty sure she was in prison. <laughs> okay, well, maybe she had a really bad time in prison then, but... Good, because uh, <laughs> she didn't spend enough time there. Anyway, she... Because uh, yeah. we probably would have been besties if she hadn't have gone through all this, considering, like, the charts stuff is so crazy. Yeah, I hate you guys it. might have gotten along. I hate um, it. I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> you might not have. I don't know. Her North Node is Pisces, though, so... Ah, no, stop <laughs> She would have liked you, at least. Okay, <laughs> so she's got a lot of stress on her person, all right? This is also square her Vesta and Lilith, so this is, like, she can't, she's a really, it's really challenging, there's a lot of challenges for her in her life in being able to empower herself mm -hmm. in any way, uh, so she probably really goes for this weak, meek thing. This, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it really does. And then her story. Oh yeah, and and her Vesta being there too. It's like the same idea with what she's really devoted to. Like, she just can't. There's a there's like a really challenging um, part of her life related to empowering herself to do what she really cares about. Yeah. Um, and that that would translate as someone who's very anxious and susceptible. To being manipulated. Mm -hmm. um, not to say she's, you know, not at fault. 
No, uh, but I don't. There's I don't a lot think, of other interesting things in her chart, but I don't think she would have committed any sort of crime ever in her life had she not met Paul Bernardo. I do not think she that needed she's to in be pushed over danger the edge. to society. Right. Like, I don't think her being on the street that she's going to go abduct children. Same. I, I, yeah. I just don't. I still wouldn't want her on my kids. No, I still don't want her fucking volunteering <laughs> at a school, but yeah. But that already happened, so. Yeah, we have and to, and she didn't. She didn't take any of those children hostage, to my knowledge. Mm. Right, oh, well. what a what the fuck! All right, next on her chart, um, also in Aries, she has a conjunction with Chiron and Ceres and Juno, um, and I've seen a lot of Chiron and Aries where mm-hmm. it was someone who was abused in a relationship or abused in like even like a physical way, especially, but some uh, kind of aggression. Okay. Um, they have trauma due to aggression, typically. Um, there's a lot of other things that this can indicate, but, uh, that's what we're looking at for her, for sure. Um, and this is really related to how she feels loved. Her series is there. That is her fun foundation for love. So if he, mm. if someone triggers her, found, it makes her feel what she, if someone comes along and makes her feel like she has what she needs to feel loved, her trauma is in the same place in her life. So oh, they're, like, no. connected in her mind. A lot of people who've experienced abuse mm-hmm. um, are gravitated to more abuse and more trauma because right. that is a place of oddly mm-hmm. comfort and familiarity. Yes. And... I was writing about that last night. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Um, and then also Juno there. That's her sense of commitment, marriage. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's going to be a lifelong <sighs> issue for her, for sure. That's a very tragic placement. Yeah. In her um, case, very tragic. Mm-hmm. And it's square her ascendant, so it's really impacting uh, her identity and how she comes off to people. And Oh my gosh, it's like stress central here. <laughs> um, and then the last thing, oh, I already talked about that, so we are good on her chart for All now. All right, and let's now, double it up. Now we're going to be doing a sinistry reading. Do you, do you know what a sinistry reading means? Okay, so... I know we did this last time, and I was like, it sounds dirty, and it still sounds really <laughs> dirty to me, and I don't know the answer. Okay, sinistry reading is when you take two people's charts, oh. two charts, and put them together. Like dirty sinners. <laughs> oh my God. I, that's how I'm going to remember it. I have to have context clues and mm-hmm. stupid jingles to make stupid things make jingles. sense to me. All right, so basically this uh, triples the aspects because you got the aspects from both natal charts and then the aspects of wow. how they interact. It looks to really overlap, like, pretty severely. Oh, if I turned all the aspects on, it'd be worse looking than this. But I only need the ones that I've left on here. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's very chaotic uh, type of reading, so. Um, all right, here we go. They have a ton in common. Oh, all my right? goodness. This I is the it. only thing I'm seeing, like, Generally speaking, the general things that are different between them is um, where they, like, ultimately want to go in their life is a little different. And then, like, how they deal with their issues is different. So, um, like, she is yeah. naturally going to be more meek. He's naturally going to be more aggressive with his, um, okay. <laughs> with his problems. It seems like they kind of both embody this, like, ma- like macho masculinity and this like hyper femininity like they kind yeah, of have that conjunction with the Mars chart where it's like those gender mm-hmm. stereotypical gender roles like they each embody this like yeah. hyper version of it mm-hmm. which is really unusual i didn't think about that till you they, just said the meek and aggression like, yeah well they it's so crazy it's just, they they like they can i think they really connected on each other's like dark sides like I think that right. was really like comforting to them and I get that like you you find somebody who like has the same 
like uh, hurt as you and you're like oh this is like bonding right it's very bonding you feel very close to them like their Mm. moons are in the same place um yeah they're three degrees apart oh yeah you said that yeah they are in the same place which is pretty rare to find a partner with the like exact same lunar placement as you um, so huh. their emotional, their hearts, like, are the same. Like, they feel things the same way. So, like, That's they scary. get each other. They wow. get each other, you know. They could have been really working on some telepathy. Like, <laughs> really? emotionally understood each other really wow. well. And they may have had that. We don't know. Yeah, the relationship really. was really like. Um, man, I don't know if Aries moons are really thinking about telepathy, but. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, so then. They have this sun trine sun going on. Um, so this is like they bring out each other's personalities and make each other feel good about being themselves. Okay, and um, it sounded like neither of them really felt very good about themselves. Exactly. Before, so, so they made each other feel good about who they were. This as could people. have been a great relationship based on these things and like shit. <laughs> what happened? Uh-huh. Where's it all go wrong? This is this is what's so interesting about their charts. I'm like. Oh. Oh my god and then next let's see they both have neptune and scorpio um which is where we're you know talking about all of this uh sexual kind of like mm. dreamland kind of issues yeah. like this can be really this can be a positive placement but it's not necessarily you could have some really hot thin. fantasies or you could be monsters like yeah. these two so yeah. Like, yeah so it's kind of it's kind of just like there's this like really spiritual dark intensity to their sexual sides which is i would put made a note on that too um they also have each other's it's not on their own charts they don't have sun in the eighth house but they're each other's sons are in each other's eighth houses if that makes sense this is gonna be complicated I'm to explain. Face so his <laughs> sun sign, when you overlap their charts, is in okay. her eighth house, and vice versa. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Got, so, it, got it, got it, And there's that's also where there's stellium. They both have stelliums in those places. Uh, so they have stelliums in each other's eighth houses. And if there's anything about eighth houses that I have come to understand, is that like you have this intense, like it's like that dark familiarity. Like I was mm-hmm. saying, they have the same hurt. Like they feel like that. Like um it's the house of scorpio it's like this like like dark intense kind of like i don't know esoteric feeling connection okay. it can be very spiritual um mm. if you have like eighth house connection with someone like you're gonna know it um oh wow yeah like, it's very weird <laughs> um but it can it really makes like this dark sexual side of a relationship um it's but the thing is it can be eighth house aspects can be either very transformational so you can undergo these like spiritual transformations and really grow as a person through this or it can become like a very dark like tragic kind of thing if that makes sense like the hades beside hades hades the persephone story Okay, um, makes sense. Yeah. You share a delusion with somebody. Yeah, there's so definitely delusion aspect. Um, yeah, it's just a little fun stuff with them. Interesting. All right, and then that ties into their Scorpio thing. And then, all right, so then I also was mentioning that they both have Venus conjunct Mars. Okay. Um, hers is in Gemini. <laughs> that is a super, super 
crazy aspect to have in both charts. Like I'm saying, wow. I've said this about like enough things on their chart already that they have these like weird, like really similar aspects to their personalities. Um, huh, because they just seem so different mm-hmm. in like surface level. That's yeah, and hers really is in is in Gemini, which is where his North Node is. Like he really appreciates that in her because he sees it himself, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where he wants to be in life. He wants to be a little bit more in that like Gemini space, um, and like having, you know, how I was saying with that conjunction, it gives him like this really ultimately caring side. Mm-hmm. Like with her, it would give her this more like um, kind of like social practical aspect to it like um fun loving uh quick paced kind of feeling with love um and and uh passion it's kind of hard to explain but like those two together and having his north node there really fits for him he's really into that. he's so into her he's so into her she goes along with it's really easy for him to like her and vice versa Wow. Um, These two. (laughs) Seriously. Let's see. And then, again with the North Node, South Node things, um, her North Node is conjunct his Vesta. So this is where she's headed in life, and he is all about it. He is devoted to her, um, Mm. how she wants to be more like as she gets older. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, your North Node is kind of how you want to uh, grow as a person. Like, you're always kind of moving towards your North Node in your life. So she wanted to be more like a Pisces. Um, and he was <laughs> devoted to Pisces energy. Oh, no. So that's like... I don't know. He was just so devoted to her in a way. It's so interesting because he was um, also so abusive to well, her. Well, his Chiron's also there. Uh, and his Saturn's also there. So that... Okay. There you go. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh-huh. And, you know... Oh, this, okay. Next one, uh, her south node is conjunct his uh, sun sign. So this is another similar thing where they're going to feel very comfortable around each other. This, your south node is like your past. It's your comfort zone. It's what you already know. It's how you already know how to exist as a person. It's just not going to serve you in this life. Okay. So hers being in Virgo and all his stuff in Virgo, like, this is going to cause problems for her in her life, <laughs> being around him. But it's also going to make her feel so comfortable around him because uh, it's her comfort zone. And he, he's going to pick up on that and feel similarly. It's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like she can kind of... There's a side of her that is so much like his personality. And that also, you know, they're they're complimenting each other's personality, making each other feel good about each other. And this is just... A weird cycle going on. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. I think there's one other thing with their uh, their life paths. Yeah. Oh. So Carla's <laughs> ascendant is also conjunct Paul's south node. And so wow. This is how okay. she comes off. So it kind of makes a little more sense to me now that like they saw each other, and he was like, "Wow, I'm comfortable with her." Um, yeah. And like she would have been able to feel comfortable with him as well. It's just a lot of that same thing where they're just comfortable with each other. They understand each other's dark sides and their emotions, and they both kind of have this, like, aggressive, like, interpretation of emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really... 
it's really just a great combo. Uh, <laughs> a winning combination. Clearly, it worked out. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you guys, that's the Ken and Barbie killers. I know that it was kind of a bummer as far as the story. It was really intense, but um, we're going to have more good shit for you guys coming up. I hope you like that story, and if you did, you know what you can do? You can tell us about There's it. There's so much you could do. There's guys. so many things so you can much. do. You can like this episode. You can mm-hmm. leave us a comment. You can subscribe. You can tell us on social media. Mm-hmm. We're at Dark Alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our individual pages that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what we got else? a Patreon. Yes, we do have a Patreon. You can support us on Patreon. We would love that. Thank you to our already um, supporters. We do have we do a have... few supporters, mm-hmm. and it's super exciting. We love you guys. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Yeah. And how cool it is that people are, like, into what we're doing. And it's, it's really exciting to see our brain baby grow. Our brain baby with Amy's real baby. Yeah. Growing at the same <laughs> time which i've been calling the baby baby this one's a lot less uh physically painful it's fine good this is great after the last episode i've been referring to the baby because the gender is unknown as nat ellie it was a joke if you saw the last episode you will get it that's been my very fun name that's been mm-hmm. entertaining me for weeks um but yeah you guys Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. you. Stay awesome and love yourselves. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.